so the entire large intestine can be addressed or it's designed to be addressed depending on how constipated somebody is who knows if we get to it especially during the first session i would love it if somebody could invent an x-ray machine that i can place over the belly that is nice and safe so i can see exactly what's going on when it's going on uh, but there are times when we can tell that we've gotten all the way over to the cecal area which is in the um ascending colon, um, but it's designed to get that far. You are listening to The Dr. Haley Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you optimize your health. Each episode, there will be an interview or a message to help you discover better health. We will be featuring health radicals on the show to bring new ideas to the table, as well as doubling down on key fundamentals to support you living your best life. Your host is no other than the founder of Haley Nutrition, Dr. Michael Haley. Today, I'll be speaking with Gail Nass, who has been a practicing colon hydrotherapist and body therapist since 1991. Her passion for colon hydrotherapy stems from her own dramatic health changes, Ms. Nas is a past president of the International Association for Colon Hydrotherapy, also known as the IACT. She is certified through IACT at the most advanced practitioner and instructor levels, as well as through the National Board of Colon Hydrotherapy. Additionally, Gail specializes in craniosacral therapy and an inter interactive microcurrent pain therapy, delivering all services in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Gail, thank you for joining me today. Oh, wow. What a pleasure, Michael. What a pleasure. You know, I was thinking because I, I read through your bio and we actually met years earlier at a school that taught massage therapy and colon hydrotherapy and you were teaching there, as was I at the time. Yes. <laughs> you were on staff. I was more of a, you know, once a quarter guest teacher for electrotherapy and stuff like that. Um, but we go way back. And then I was looking up because I know I spoke at the international, uh, association for colon hydrotherapy and it was all the way back. Yeah. I checked my calendar it was back in 215, uh, 2015. And then again in 2019 in Orlando. Yeah. Um, and amazing. 2015 in Nashville, that was a, a big event. And, you know, other speakers were Ty Bollinger with the truth about cancer and Robert Scott Bell and, uh, oh, Dr. there was just King. Uh, doc, Dr. Yes, Dr. King. Dr. Buttar was there. Yeah, um, Dr. Pesek was there. What a show. And also uh, Paul Barataro was one of the speakers who- My favorite. Water and just a, a, a great program. So we have some awesome uh, history. history. Yeah, neat stuff. You know, this is one of those topics- I was actually a little uncomfortable about it because I know very little bit about uh, colon hydrotherapy, but myself having a recent health challenge, realizing how important intestinal health is, um, it, got my, it got my curiosity going and I had to talk to people about uncomfortable for me things because for me, it's, you know, it's one of those um, areas, you know, can we talk about poop? You know, can I, can I talk about that with somebody else? And, um, and you're in it every day. I am steeped in it every day. <laughs> <laughs> so and what comes natural to me doesn't always come natural for everybody else. I understand that. Well, no, but it's one of those areas and I'm realizing, no, it's okay to talk about 
And my, you know, early uh, experience was, you know, coffee enemas. Can we talk about coffee enemas and then colon hydrotherapy being a new level? And now it's interesting because talking to people about these things, uh, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I did a, a, a coffee enema just a couple of days ago and, and I'm not, you know, uncomfortable talking about this anymore, but I know there are people that would benefit from these services and they might still be afraid to talk about it. And I have not had colon hydrotherapy. We have an appointment scheduled. I'm getting colon hydrotherapy. I, yes. So I put together some questions that, well, I'm sure other people have as well. So I wanted to make sure this time, this time today is going to be to hopefully cover the majority of questions that people would have, that they would be possibly uncomfortable having this discussion and hopefully eliminate some fears and and open up some understanding about colon hydrotherapy, intestinal health. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, it's my one of one of my many favorite things to talk about, but it is on the top one, one of the three on the top of my list. Well, 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 awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but let's, let's first get the big one basic out of the way. What is colon hydrotherapy and what other names might people recognize it by? Okay. Well, that's a great question. That's a big one. Um, Colon hydrotherapy is the gentle infusion of water into the large intestine for the purpose of cleaning it out. It's a safe, effective method of removing waste from the large intestine without the use, and I'm gonna underline this if I can, without the use of drugs or laxatives. So side effects are, are minimal. If, if there are any, they're minimal. Yeah, okay. And why might somebody try colon hydrotherapy? Um, and let's get this out of the way because you know I myself am a chiropractor, and you know, and we help people with a um, a lot of their the reasons they come to us. But there's very little science showing that what we do might help them with that. Um, and it's kind of the same way in a lot of the natural care because there's very little money to be put towards these things. We're not drug companies. We're where we're going to sell billions of dollars worth of pharmaceuticals with this, you know, proven effect, so to speak. There's very little science with colon hydrotherapy, but what are some of the reasons people might come for colon hydrotherapy? All right. Well, let's start with what I can legally say. All right. So what I can legally say is what it is FDA cleared for. So I'm going to read actually uh, the FDA classification of a class two medical device um it's intended for colon cleansing when medically indicated such as before radiological or endoscopic examinations medically indicated can also include constipation so which is the number one reason that people show up at my doorstep is that because they are constipated and constipation can take a lot of different um it can show up in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people so that is that is the biggest reason that um, that people show up now. Although people do come to me regularly, um, it is not FDA clear for general cleansing. And part of the situation that we have 
an ongoing situation that colon hydrotherapy as a profession and a service to people has always had is that there are no studies that really show, well, there's a few, but there aren't a lot of studies that show the benefits of colon hydrotherapy. And so without being able to point to a study, that gets more difficult. But you're right, Dr. Haley, we're not drug companies and we don't have the bazillions of dollars behind us to go ahead and invest into studies that are going to be of value um, to mainstream market. I am a typical colon hydrotherapist. I happen to be female, there are males, but I happen to be female, I'm in my older years, shall we say. Um, And I'm a single, I'm usually a single practitioner. So we don't have the deep pockets that we need, right? So therefore, uh, what we can say legally is fits into a thimble, fits into a thimble. And in the state of Florida, uh, colon hydrotherapy is governed underneath the massage therapy board. So we are, I am a licensed healthcare professional in the state of Florida, but that doesn't exist in the rest of the world. The world, Florida is the only governmentally run region in the world that offers licensure in colon hydrotherapy. So I also have my scope of my practice to consider about what I can say. Does so that, that mean I would have a hard time getting colon hydrotherapy in another location, uh, part of the country? Um, no, no, it's just, um, they're not, it's just not governed. It's just not governed. So uh, I, you mentioned the International Association for Colon Hydrotherapy and uh, we are all about education, all about education, because it, it because it isn't governed in other states or the other parts of the world, and we are an international group, then we do a lot of educating. Okay. So uh, available in other locations, but just under different laws, because each state has its own set of laws. Correct. Correct. Okay. Are not governed at all. Yeah. Now, how does the colonic irrigation differ from, say, an at-home enema? Okay, colon irrigation is also called colonics, colonic irrigation, colon hydrotherapy. Colon hydrotherapy is probably the most correct term to use. Um, A true colon hydrotherapy treatment is done professionally and it's designed to clean out the entire, or to hydrate the entire five feet of the large intestine. An enema is only designed to get eight to 10 inches of the most distal end of of the colon. So there's nothing that's gonna replace a colon hydrotherapy session. There's nothing that replaces a good old fashioned enema. And there's nothing that's gonna replace um, maybe some oral colon cleansers that you might take. Um, How they all meet needs. But if you really wanna get out the entire large intestine and, and hydrate that, for the purpose of cleaning it out, then colon hydrotherapy professionally done is the way to go. Okay. And so now, and I know with enemas at home, there's various uh, things used such as, you know, coffee and there's, you know, like saline type things. What is the liquid used in colon hydrotherapy? Water. (laughs) Water. Pure water, nice and simple. Pure, Pure water that is extremely filtered. Now, What's important to note here is that the large intestine's job is to actually create formed masses of feces, right? So when, if you can imagine your small intestine and food items coming through, it's very, very liquidy 
when it reaches the large intestine. And so as it moves through the five fetal large intestines, the large intestine has to absorb water, mm. right? So it can recycle through the rest of your body. Well, all of that goes directly to the liver first to get cleaned up before it goes off to the rest. So you can't put in unfiltered water. So we have a filtration system, which is another reason to go with a professional uh, device and a professional um, colon hydrotherapist so that you are getting good, clean water to go into the colon. Now, other things can be added, but I need a prescription. So um, by law, the Florida Board of Massage Therapy defines colon hydrotherapy as the use of an instrument a professional instrument and water. It doesn't say and water and whatever else anybody else in the world thinks that they can possibly add. It's water. But with a prescription and um, underneath the guidance of a medical doctor, then coffee can be added at the end, wheatgrass, probiotics, and other things. Yeah, interesting. Is there a temperature range for the water? Body temperature to start body temperature to start. In fact, when you're receiving colon hydrotherapy, you're not necessarily going to feel the temperature of the water inside your body. You might feel the presence of the water, but the temperature, people can't feel the difference in the temperature. You want to use mostly body temperature. There are certain um, situations where we might want to go slightly warmer, but not too at all. And then slightly colder, but not too at all. Okay. Comfortable. Anything to do to make a comfortable experience. Sounds good. It for sounds starters. Good. Yeah. And what are some of the, uh, I know there's, you can't say too much here, but some of the outlandish testimonials that really have no scientific basis. <laughs> what, have, what have you, what have, what have people said about their treatments and how it may have changed their lives? Well, it depends on how their constipation has showed up for them. If their constipation has showed up and they have a foggy mind, if their constipation has showed up and they have breakouts on their skin, if their constipation has showed up where um, they feel bloated all the time. So the word outlandish is um, is a fun word. Um, But what people have said um, after their session is that they, especially the new the first timers who are number one, really nervous in the beginning. Um, and they don't really have a concept or can conceive that they can feel so much different and so much better. So the things that I hear after their session is people feel lighter, they brighter, less bloated. Um, one lovely lady even came out and said, is it possible I could be seen better? And that was the first time I'd ever seen that. So that to me was like, that was pretty um, amazing. So outlandish claims, um, that it, would be, it would be just that they feel so significantly different and better. And even if you don't feel like maybe you're not feeling really bad or horrible in one particular moment in time and you, you receive a colon therapy treatment and then you feel better, it's pretty amazing to me. Yeah. Um, my own personal experience is that um, there have been a few times in my life, three that come to mind immediately, that I have had a spiked fever. My glands, my in my 
um, face, my neck, and there were blown up for what felt like four times its size. If there was an orifice that I could have been oozing out of, I was. It was there. I was doing um, hot sweats, cold sweats. I was feeling horrible, and my fever was was spiked. So getting on the machine, that was my condition, and three times in my life during the session, my fever broke. My glands went back down to normal size, but on my left side, my right side takes a little bit longer. So maybe an hour after the session, sweats are gone. I feel great. And I go back to work right away. So instead of being down and out for a few days, I'm like, I'm ready to back, get back into work. That's a beautiful that's, thing. Yeah. So that sounds pretty outlandish to me to have a, a spiked fever go down within a 45 minute treatment. What are some of the common myths surrounding colonic irrigation that have no scientific basis also? All right. Well, one of them is that it depletes the body of electrolytes. And so um, people who associate colon hydrotherapy with a good solid case of diarrhea could jump to that conclusion, right? Because we do lose a lot of electrolytes if we have diarrhea but we're adding water into the colon. And that's the water that's coming out with the waste. So water in, water and waste out. So there's no electrolyte depletion because we're not using the body's water. Wow, that's a great explanation. Thank you. What about the, how does it affect the gut flora? Well, yeah, that is quite the myth that um, unfortunately a lot of other alternative medical people as well as other people have perpetuated. Um, A lot of people who receive colon hydrotherapy like to take a probiotic just because, just because they were there and they believe they have this belief system that um, having a colonic is going to get rid of the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. So, and the good bacteria, oh my God, you can't lose that. Right. So, but there's been, again, no studies to the contrary that says that if you are moving your bowels in a healthy manner every day, and to me, for me, that's three times a day, okay? So healthy transit time is 18 to 24 hours, so you should be moving your bowels three times a day. If you eat three meals a day, you should be moving that 24 hours later, okay? If you were using that, and doing that naturally, then your body would be excreting the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. And the landscape changes. And when the landscape changes and gets healthier, it's the good bacteria that can proliferate much easier and faster. How about that? You know, uh, when it comes to people with constipation, there's other things that might go along with that, such as bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Uh, Things are supposed to be moving through. If they do get backed up, that can certainly cause problems. And I'm going to go to my own experience. I haven't had colon hydrotherapy yet, but um, I had a health challenge earlier this year that woke me up to the problems that people could have. And I I think using coffee enemas, I took the slower approach possibly to getting well. I'm glad I did that. Um, I wish I knew more about colon hydrotherapy at the time and jumped right in. But I I don't know what caused it either. There was probably a series of events from 
going to the dentist and having some work done, I require much more Novocaine than most people, <laughs> you know, um, and the doctor will inject and, and are you numb yet? And I'm not, and they'll start drilling or whatever. And, you know, they'll see me flinch and, you know, and after stabbing me, you know, five or six more times and waiting a half hour, it's like, okay, now, now, now you can work. <laughs> so I had, I had all of that kind of stuff that was in my system. I, I um, probably a couple of cocktails the night before, and my wife and I had these tremendously salted steaks and nice big steaks. And um, we don't do that very often. And she ended up not being that hungry. So I ate hers too. I got blocked. Something the first time in my life ever, I had this tremendous pain in the lower right quadrant. And I remember going to my chiropractor and him, you know, touching right there. And I was like, oh, you just by pushing on it, it feels like something's going to explode. And uh, he told me I had to do a, uh, you know, coffee enemas. And he sent me home with a, uh, a kit. And there was some relief. And I continued to do that every day for a few days. And then it's like, wow, it's gone after, you know, feeling in there and, you know, is that a tumor? No, it was backed up. I was backed up. I was stuck. I was clogged. You were clogged. Talk about a perfect um, storm. Well, that was that was an onslaught to immune system in my book anyway. And then on top of that, a lot of salty meat. Yeah. And um, a little alcohol, maybe like, some dehydration going on with that, whatever well, it was. Yeah. It happened. So thank goodness that he told you about coffee enemas and enemas in general. Um, and so that was a good thing that you were able to move through. And I'm glad that you're doing better. But, but wow. in our conversation here, I'm understanding what was probably happening with coffee enema. I was probably maybe clearing out maybe some of my descending colon, which maybe made room and helped things get moving a little bit. But if, if I'm understanding this correctly, clonic irrigation can have an effect on the transverse colon that goes uh, across and even the ascending colon on the other side to some extent. I think you said four, all of it, five all feet. Of it. Or... All of five feet. So the entire large intestine can be addressed or it's designed to be addressed depending on how constipated somebody is. Who knows if we get to it, especially during the first session. I would love it if somebody could invent an x-ray machine that I can place over the belly that is nice and safe so I can see exactly what's going on when it's going on. Uh, but there are times when we can tell that we've gotten all the way over to the cecal area, which is in the um, ascending colon. Um, but it's designed to get that far. Interesting. Wow, that's neat. Are you enjoying the show thus far? One of the many health secrets that we have covered on the show is all around aloe vera, specifically drinking raw aloe vera. Our aloe vera has helped our customers effectively heal their gut, increase their intestine health, lower inflammation in the body, eliminate and or decrease acid reflux, have glowing skin and hair, and so much more. Now, as a frequent member of our audience, you will be exposed to exclusive specials and coupon codes for the awesome products manufactured by Haley Nutrition. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in, you can get a mini discount to help you optimize and better your health. To see how we can help and support you on your health journey, tune into the episodes and listen for coupon codes that you can use at www.haleynutrition.com before you make your orders of raw aloe vera. Once again, it's www.haleynutrition.com. 
Now, back to the show. All right. I, I need to know some of the nitty gritty. Tell me about someone's first colonic and what someone should expect. Are most people nervous the first time? Oh, yes. They are. And I let them be nervous, doctor. I really do. Um, your nervous system is working really great right before a colon hydrotherapy session, right? And a little bit during. Uh, and I could talk until I'm blue in the face to tell people to calm down. It just doesn't do any good. You're not going to calm down until it's time to calm down. Your nervous system is doing its job. Let it do its job, but we're going to go forward anyway. We're going to take steps to, to move the process along. And we're just going to acknowledge that you're nervous. I don't tell people to relax because that's not going to happen. So if you know that, then the sooner you allow the body to do what it wants to do, when and how it wants to do it, it gets through it. So we just let them do that, right? So they are nervous. And so I repeat a lot of my instructions two or three times. For instance, um, people um, don't really hear me when they when I tell them that they're going to be laying on their back, which means facing up, staring at the ceiling. So they still think that somehow they're going to crawl onto the treatment table on all fours. And I'm like, no, the other back. <laughs> the other I, I'm back. chuckling because I'm a chiropractor and the same thing happens in here when you tell them to get on the table, lie on your back or lie face down or whatever. And they do the opposite. but. Yeah. I get it. I understand. Yeah. Little yeah, exactly. nervous. All right. So uh, on top of nervousness, but people, people have, uh, they're already thinking going on in their mind that is going to override. So we repeat often. Right. And uh, so, all right. So if you're going to come into my, um, into me for a session, first off, I'm going to have a telephone conversation with you beforehand. I'm going to want to find out what your health goals are so I can help you meet those health goals, whatever those may be. So we have an idea before you come in. You're going to come in. A session is 45 minutes long, but you're going to be with me the first time for an hour and a half because you're going to fill out medical history. I'm going to look at over the history. There's going to be a consultation. And then I'm going to explain the procedure step by step. And then we're going to have a great 45 minute session. And then after that, we've got time to sort of question and answer. So that just takes uh, an hour and a half. And it's um, it's like fishing. You just can't fish fast. It is what it is. Subsequent treatments, though, after that, you're probably in and out the, in, of the building within an hour because the session itself is 45 minutes. All right. So you're going to fill out. All, we call it the book. It is a long history, uh, but it gives me as much information about you as that I possibly need and things that you would have no idea would have, would be of concern uh, to me as a colon hydrotherapist are could be huge. So we want to make sure that you are not contraindicated and that you're a good candidate for the session. Um, so we're going to do that. And then we go back into, um, in the, into the colon hydrotherapy room and have you sit down. I'll ask you some questions and take some notes and explain the procedure. The procedure actually is safe, gentle, um, as possible. I can't promise everybody a hundred percent pain-free session because uh, I have no idea what's going to go on with your particular body or somebody else's body or, or the differences that we need to make and what they're going through. But I can assert that I will do everything in my power to make it a very gentle experience. My mother falls asleep 
when I'm giving her a colonic. I kind of have to wake her up and say, mom, come on, I'm working here on you. You know, do you want to stay awake for it? And she goes, oh, honey, you know what you're doing. That's fine. And she'll drift off. (laughs) (laughs) So if I can make my mom feel comfortable, okay. Yeah. You mentioned contraindications though. You uh, you first make sure there are, what's an example of a contraindication? Um, Cirrhosis of the liver, colon cancer, pregnancy. Um, yeah, significant hemorrhoids or hemorrhoids that are bleeding, you know, you want to, in fact, some, some hemorrhoids, you just want to stay away from to get all together, um, abdominal surgery of any kind for, you know, a good 12 weeks. You want to get doctor's clearance for that. I'm, I'm guessing these are reasons really, because I'm just my guess that, you know, for instance, uh, cirrhosis of the liver, um, you need to go to a medical doctor for, you know. Well, correct. And I refer out a lot, but um, as the, but the reason that cirrhosis of the liver or any other liver failure is contraindicated is that I'm going to go back to my story about the colon's job is to uptake water. So it's going to absorb water from the fecal matter to form feces. Otherwise you would have diarrhea 24 seven. So it goes to the liver first. So if all of that extra water that we're adding has to be filtered out through the liver. It just can't handle it. So that's why another uh, contraindication would be renal failure, right? So little things like that are the are the reasons that I have uh, quite the book for the medical history because of those kind of contraindications. Hernias, uh, if you've had intestinal perforation before, things like that. No. Okay. They're all contraindicated. Good question. Is, is there any preparation that someone needs to do? Do they have to change their diet for the day before? Um, anything beyond, you know, probably eliminate what you can before coming in or? It's best not to upset an apple cart first time, right? Um, or subsequent times, but especially the first time, uh, it's, it doesn't feel good to have a large meal two hours prior to the session. Because you think of think of just having a Thanksgiving meal, right? And you're you're sitting back and you don't want anybody to touch you. And I will be doing abdominal massage on you. So you you, you know, you don't want you don't want your abdomen full. Um, nor do you want any extra added pressure anywhere in your abdomen. So having water added to the abdomen doesn't sound like a good thing. So if you leave a good two hour time span between a large meal and the session, it's going to be a more comfortable session. Then the other thing that people do is um, they, they mistakenly think that if they're going to get flushed out with water, that maybe they should add more water right before their session. And so they'll drink a ton more water than what they're used to. And all that does in the beginning of the session is fill up their bladder. And that doesn't feel good either because there's no, there's no, gee, can I, can I urinate right now? It's like, no, we're going to stop the session. We're going to let you go into the restroom and then we're going to come back in and restart. And Mm -hmm. um, insertions aren't, you know, the most forward-looking thing to, to, you know, thing to look forward to anyway, let alone having to do that twice in a 45-minute period. So, yeah. Anyway, so let me get back to it real quick. I just, um, I, I go off on tangents. I'm sorry. So I'm going to get back into what people can expect during the first time. So when I explain the process and the procedure about what's 
going to happen. I explain the, the device and my device happens. There's two different kinds of colon hydrotherapy devices. Mine's called a closed system and mine happens to be on the wall and I have a massage uh, table, a treatment table off to one side. We use disposable speculums. And what is inserted rectally in my system is something that's the size of my thumb. So the speculum is a little bit larger, but what is actually inserted is only the size of my thumb. And um, then there are, is two areas where tubes can be attached on the outside of what goes inside of you. So picture a thumb, and then on one end of the thumb, you've got a water line. And then at the very end of the thumb, you have got a water, a waste hose. So you've got a water line going in and a waste hose going out. And those two tubes are connected to the device that delivers good, healthy, filtered water. And then the waste line, when you evacuate, is going to go straight into the device that actually has a view tube on it. So you get to see all the juicy things that your body's letting go of. So not only do I get to see, but the client gets to see it as well. And then that goes straight out to the sewer system. Because we use disposable equipment, thank God, my cleanup is lickety split. It is the easiest thing. People ask me often, Gail, how can you, how can you really deal with poop all day long? Like I don't deal with poop. It's, I don't touch it. I don't smell it. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I clean up and then everything is gets tossed away. So during a session, after the explanation, uh, people are going to go into the restroom. They're going to disrobe. Uh, we have a robe that goes, a uh, surgical gown that goes on um, and opens in the back. And I'm a very modest therapist and I expect all my clients to be just as modest as I am. So not only do you get a surgical gown that's going to open in the back, but while, as you lay down on the table, I cover you from the waist down. So with a towel. So you are as covered as possible throughout the entire session. Um, when we're ready, or what I actually do before we start the session is that I will palpate your abdomen and I'll do a visual. Because even though I ask on the medical history, have you had abdominal surgeries? Women specifically don't list their cesareans. Right. And that was an abdominal surgery. And that's something that I need to know about. So I'll do that. And we'll do, we'll palpate a good before picture about what's going on in the abdomen. And then they roll over onto their left side. And I drape appropriately. I do need to um, have them. I need to have them um, lift up their right knee a little bit closer to their chest. I just turn back one corner of the towel that's covering them. We do have to lift one cheek and the insert. And then I attach all the tubes that are necessary. And believe it or not, with this thing up your backside, you actually roll back over on your back. Your mm -hmm. hips are bent, your knees are bent, and your feet are flat on the table. The towel is draped in between your legs um, so that you feel covered at all times. And then we'll start. We've got water that gently flows in and the water can come out at the same time. So we have a, a rinse, kind of a rinse cycle, right? And I let that do that for uh, a, quite a few moments in the beginning. Number one, I want your nervous system to get used to the idea that something is up your backside. I want to make sure that you're used to having this inflow of water 
right? And um, there is, you do feel some warmth around the rectal area, but you don't feel the warmth of the water inside your body because it's body temperature. So we're going to get used to that. We're just going to take time for that nervous system that has been working over time just to chill out. And by that time, people's breathing have gone back down to a normal state and everything is fine. So that's also the time that I get to explain a few things like, like the, the idea of the, the job of the colon is to uptake water. And so it's going to do that while we're continuing to do the water in and water in the waste out movements that we have. And I explained that in the beginning, it's often like a lasagna pan that you just used. And so your inclination, if you've just baked lasagna, is to put it into the sink and put water in it and just let it soak. So that's what we do. We just allow the water to do its work first, to soften the feces, to start allowing the water to go into the nooks and crannies. So an interesting thing about the colon is that if you, it might be five feet long, right? But this just is just not this smooth hollow tube. It has got so many nooks and crannies in it that Dr. Mike, if you took it and cut it open, spread it out, it's going to cover a volleyball field. It's got that much surface area in it. So water needs to get into all of that. So we allow time to do that. Okay, while we've got water going in and water coming out, possibly with waste in, in it already, probably not, especially for the first time people, but water in, water and potential waste out, um, then I get to explain this process of fills and empties. So water in, water and waste out on a flow is what we call an empty cycle because your contents of the large intestine could empty at any time. But my desire is to invite the water all the way over to the cecal area, all the way over to the other side of the body, right? So to do that, I have to stop the water and the waste coming out because it comes out because that's the path of least resistance. So I'm going to invite it to go the opposite direction. To do that, I'd switch a, um, a lever on my machine and it stops the ability of the water coming out of your body. So then we gently, ever so gently, less than the pressure of that enema that you did on yourself, okay? Start turning on the water. And then when people feel full and they would wish they, they could evacuate, they simply say, stop. I turn the lever on the machine and the water and waste comes out. So that's called a fill in an empty cycle. So I let people know when they're going to be on a fill. I make eye contact with them and uh, state that they're on a fill. And then we go from there. And we might do one fill and one empty for the entire time of the session. We might do... 10 pills and empties. It, it all depends on what's going on. I'll do abdominal massage on the empty cycles, not on the fills, no touching on the fills. And, uh, and then that's what we do for 45 minutes. At the end of 45 minutes, um, when you're, we call it running, when you're running just clear water, um, we're going to slowly close down the session. And to do that, I turn off the water that's going in. I let your body, um, um, finish clearing out anything that it wants to clear out. And then when we feel ready, we have you roll along green on your left side, the speculum comes out. And then as much as I've tried to take all the water out of your body before you get up, when you sit up, gravity takes effect and, um, and you'll need to sit on the toilet for a little while. So that's it. 
Now you just you described that as a closed system. I suppose there's probably an open system too. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, a closed system is one that is created where the water that's going in you and the water and waste material that's coming out of you is in an entirely enclosed system. Uh, the open system uses a different kind of a speculum. In fact, they use a rectal nozzle that's about the size of a pencil. But again, the only there's only about three inches that actually gets inserted rectally. And then you're positioned on uh, more of a basin type of uh, apparatus. And um, when you just have water going in you at all times, but then when you want to hold, like you might do, um, like you're holding, uh, when you do an enema, you might hold the water in yourself. And then when you want to release, you can go ahead and evacuate. And that just goes into a, um, quickly into a basin type of thing, and then straight out to the sewer as well. Both are FDA cleared, both are water in, water and waste out, and both work beautifully. Yeah, when you and I'm just trying to understand a little bit of the difference. When you mentioned the closed system, it sounded like, you know, there's an insertion one time. Um, and there's a, it's like a two-way. You can go in and out at the same time in an open system. Same thing. Oh, same okay. thing you did. Uh, same thing. The rectal nozzle uh, that's inserted um, stays put throughout the entire process. And so water can go in, but water and waste can go out and around the rectal nozzle and into the um, open basin and just whisked away. And believe it or not, there's no smell with that either. It's amazing. Okay. That's interesting. Which one's probably the favorite? Is there a favorite for people or it doesn't matter because people are just happy because things are working, it's, right? <laughs> it's quite the preference. It's quite, it, it becomes quite the preference. I have clients that, uh, and I've had both systems myself uh, in other clinics that I've worked in. And um, some that are uh, used to the open systems, open systems as well, I'll never go on that one and vice versa on the other one. So it's, it just becomes a preference. You can try them both. Okay. Try them both. So you have a new satisfied customer. They came for the first time for whatever perceived benefit um, they felt they have. How are they on their return visit? Are they still nervous? And if they're coming for a constipation, is that relief, is it lasting beyond the next bowel movement? All right, so normally um, they're not as nervous. If somebody's going to look forward to another session, woohoo, I'm so excited I get another session. Um, maybe they're not quite at that excitement level yet. However, they're not as nervous because a lot of the anxiety has already been expressed. In fact, nervousness usually calms down in the middle of the first session um, and people get very, very quite comfortable. So second session and third and um, more than that, then it's old hat. And believe it or not, it's it's what you can get possibly used to. Um, the perceived effect or the effect of, for instance, in constipation, uh, the idea is to help hydrate and retrain the bowels. So most people do feel a higher level of um, daily movements that are going on, or they've noticed they've noticed a change. And sometimes they notice it after the first session. Most, of, uh, well, yeah, most of the time. But sometimes not. Sometimes not. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, so you see, and the person sees what's coming out of a person. Yeah, we do. Uh, and <laughs> you would think that you go, Ew, I don't want to see that. Well, I still have a couple of clients that prefer not to take a look, but it is an educational experience to find out um, how things go in and how things come out. Mm-hmm. So yes, they do get to see it. So a lot of uh, unidentified food groups <laughs> can can happen. Uh, so we we have a lot of conversation over chewing because uh-huh. if you had eaten something and it didn't have a tooth mark in it um, as it's exiting the colon hydrotherapy machine, then that's a conversation to have about how well we need to chew. You know, I suppose people uh, have, most people have probably already seen and eliminating, wow, I didn't chew corn um, and corn is not going to digest. Well, have you ever been shocked by what you've seen come out of a person? Shocked. Well, I have seen quite a bit, Dr. Mike. I have seen quite a bit. Um, One of the things that, okay, so when I see something that is interesting, let's put it that way. I start doing food identification because there's so many things that could be really scary looking, but they just ate something like a day or two days or three days ago that um, would show up looking like that. So we do a lot of food identification. And so one of the items that uh, somebody, thank God, thank God, um, correctly identified was um, baby squid. Wow. Undigested baby squid. And you say, thank God, because, wow, that looks like some kind of (laughs) parasite or something, (laughs) worms or. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, and again, uh, wow, I've got a lot to say about that. So, again, I say, thank God that they were able to identify that one because that was rather scary looking. And when I see something that is that concerning to me, I refer out. Okay. I will refer to a medical professional. Um, I've got a few in the surrounding Fort Lauderdale area that depending on where people live that um, they can certainly help. And then I'm letting those doctors um, say whether or not somebody has a parasite or somebody has worms because I can't. Okay. I, I can't diagnose that. But once we've done identifying food groups and other things, um, and it's still a concern in what shows up, then I will simply mention that that's something. I don't know what it is, um, but it so they can get a visual of it. So I'll, I see this. This might be concerning. I want you to go to a doctor. And um, so we do that often. And I have I have sent people to doctors and they have put them on parasite cleanse. Now, do we see parasites, Dr. Mike? No, we don't see parasites. What, most parasites that people have are microscopic, and I'm not going to see them as they go whisking by on the view tube, right? Okay, but there are some uh, effects that we could point towards that. And, um, and there are times that I might have said that I see something that is a larger worm and then I send it off to um, the medical doctors and they go ahead and put them on parasite cleanses and then they come back and then I don't see those effects anymore. Yeah. And I do want to interject here because as a uh, physician, and I would personally not 
supervised a parasite cleanse because I have, even being a physician, I have very little experience with that, but I know the importance of going to someone that does have a lot of experience with it, who's well-studied in that specialty, because when you are giving somebody something to kill something, a parasite, that can be very damaging to the gut flora, for instance. You can real it's like taking antibiotics that kill more than the target. Correct. Um, so it's something that you want to be really under the care of someone that this is what they do. They, you know, specialize in in getting rid of parasites or, you know, gut health, and they have a lot of experience and and they would know exactly what to recommend for what parasite and how much you should be consuming. So don't take that lightly, anybody. Don't think you're going to buy something on online and do your own parasite cleanses and have a good result. Um, Please don't, because the die-off can be horrific. Right. The die-off can be horrific. And so, and and you are affecting a lot of the other things that Dr. Mike that you mentioned. So yeah. Yeah. It is best to be best to be underneath the a guidance of somebody that knows what the heck they're doing. How much does a treatment cost? Well, it depends on where in the world that you are. So uh, down in the South Florida area, you can target probably about $100 per session. Uh, New York, $250. Um, LA, um, around the 200 mark sometimes. So anywhere in between there. So um, I my fee is $100 per single session. If you know that you want more than one. After your first session, before you pay for it, but after your first session, if you think that you are going to want more than one, then I do have a financial friendly plan. You prepay for three. That doesn't mean I think that you need three by any means. It's just a financial friendly plan. You pay for prepay for three and it can drop the price session down to $85 per session. Now, I'm guessing that's actually common within the industry that colon hydrotherapists would have similar options. It is common within the industry. Um, as Yes. And we want to make sure that it is not a recipe for or what they think that the client needs. It's just a financial friendly plan. Okay. And, you know, I'm in a part of the country where I know nobody. I just moved there and I don't have any connections. How do I find a good, knowledgeable, trustworthy colon hydrotherapist? Okay, well, if you're not in the Fort Lauderdale area and can't call me and some other my friends and, and graduates of my program, uh, then you can go to the International Association for Colon Hydrotherapists. And the website is i-act.org. And there you can find a therapist um, or anywhere in the world, actually. Oh, that's great. And that indicates that they have been certified or trained by IACT or their members or their... Okay, so our membership levels, levels at IACT are going to be listed on their profile. And some members are just members. Um, or, or some people are just members. And their level of credentialing it might be listed as none. Um, there are people that have tested out through something that's called... Um, a foundation level, an intermediate level, an advanced level, and then the instructor level. Um, and those levels are currently changing because they just up their game. 
they just up their game and their education level as a good association is supposed to do. It's always evolve. And so I acted, did that the past um, year and rolled on another program. So their levels of education and testing and credentialing are listed. In addition to IACT, um, some of us have also been um, certified or credentialed through the National Board for Colon Hydrotherapy as well. So there's some more credentialing above that. We're doing our best to be as credible as possible. Yeah, and what I have found um, for the listeners, the people uh, associated with IACT are phenomenal people. Um, they go to the seminars to truly learn. And uh, having spoken at a couple of them, the questions, very thoughtful and people just wanting to soak up knowledge. And um, I've followed up with uh, many that have contacted me afterwards with their questions. I, I still get calls at my office now um, from people from IACT. And, and just, I love their discussions. They're a different class of uh, healthcare professionals. Well, and thank you. Thanks for being available to talk with us and to be, um, well, the difference on aloe on the body is amazing. So it was right up our colon hydrotherapy alley, so uh, to speak. Come and join us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm going to have this posted on YouTube and uh, on my blog, and there will be comment sections where people can um, ask questions. And I might farm some of those out to you if it's okay. By all means, bring it on. Yep. And I, I, I would, would love to have further conversations. And if anyone wanted to get in touch with you directly, what would be the best way? What would be the best way is to call me directly. So that number is 954-931-4950. If you want to find out about me personally, you can go and check out the Elena Spa, E-L-E-N-A-S-P-A.com, Elena Spa. Um, however, to get through to me, quickly and effectively so that I can answer any of your questions or to set up an appointment, please call me directly at 954-931-4950. Gail, thank you so much. My uh, concerns have been addressed. I'm sure that you're, you've helped many people understand what they might expect. And, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if other people have their fears removed. And I can't wait to see you a week from Friday. A week from Friday. Yeah. It's our special time. <laughs> it's our special time. <laughs> thank so you so thank much. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Dr. Haley Show. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot, and share this exact episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode on www.drhaley.com. If you want to geek out with Dr. Michael Haley on other radical health topics, be sure to check out his YouTube channel where he posts exclusive video content. All the details are at www.drhaley.com and we can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode. <laughs>